Welcome, everybody, back to the Game Ball Podcast. I am your host, Mark, and we have a very special episode tonight. Um, due to summer vacations and stuff like that, um, we decided that um, we're going to push the regularly scheduled episode um, that would show up today uh, to next Monday, um, just so it lines up so that we're all here to record um, the podcast. Uh, so um, I thought to fill some time, um, just so we can use less of the time on the podcast um, <laughs> talking about Final Fantasy 16. Uh, me and Tom will do a um, a spoiler cast so far, or you know, the, you know, uh, title te- pending um, here. Um, so just for the rules of this, we're going to talk up to the Bahamut fight um, in the game, which is a pretty big turning point. Um, and then, um, yeah, so if you haven't gotten to that point yet, um, feel free to turn this off and come back when you do. Um, so, uh, yeah, if you want some early impressions from us, we're going to open up with that stuff, non-spoiler related, but pretty quickly we're going to get into spoilers. So, uh, without further ado, let me introduce the other man playing Final Fantasy 16 on this podcast. Tom, how are you doing? I'm doing well. I just finished playing this evening. And man, there's a lot of stuff that you're you're still getting, you still haven't gotten to yet. So yeah. it's going to be hard to remind myself not to talk about that stuff. But yeah, uh, yeah, there's a this game is definitely defying expectations for me for sure. So that's why I pushed it back to the Bahamut, even though I'm four hours past that at this point, um, roughly. Yeah, yeah, that's so, a, that's, a, that's a good stop stopping point. Yeah, I so, think. so that there wouldn't be any accidental spoilers which may still happen and as you know i'm not one that will get too mad if an accidental spoiler slips it's only purposeful spoilers that i don't like um ones with malice yeah (laughs) the ones where people are posting on like instagrams that have nothing to do with video games or movies yeah that's the worst and just posting spoilers um so um i'll start off my general impression of the game um so far um I was kind of lukewarm uh, on this game um, because I'm really, I was really just focused on um, Final Fantasy VII Rebirth um, as the next game from this. You know, I heard some things, you know, uh, you know, the guy who basically saved 14 was going to be involved with this. And, um, you know, without knowing much of the ins and outs, um, you know, that stuff, because I didn't really play 14, I was like, okay, so... That seems to be successful. They could do something with that. And then as they talked about the battle system and icons and all this stuff, you know, I started to be, eh, we'll see. And then uh, the demo came out, and I played through the first two hours and bought it immediately after playing the demo um, and knew that I had to stream it <laughs> from that point. Um, it It is almost exactly what I want nowadays um, for a Final Fantasy game to be. Um, that has no connections with the past, um, in that it does need to be a little more action-focused um, than turn-based, because um, as much as me and Tom love, like, our two favorite Final Fantasies are turn-based exclusive um, ones, that is not what this generation um, enjoys in the majority of them. There are probably still freaks like us um, that do enjoy turn-based um, at the younger ages, but to evolve and you know, um, stay relevant. They had to move towards more action focused. And I think 
uh, employing some advice or even some actual hiring of people that worked on Devil May Cry may have been the best thing they did um, because the combat is fun. It's interesting. Um, even on, I'm playing on the easy story focus level just because I want to be able to talk to chat in the stream, not really worry too much about needing to pay attention to parrying and all that. Um, even though I think I slightly figured out a, a cheap way to parry on the easier levels um, tonight. So um, I'm playing that um, going forward to see if I can keep doing that. Um, and just the way the combat is keeps, um, you know, the the lack of a challenge in most parts uh, from being fun. And even when you go fight the boss fights at a higher, much higher level than you, um, that's when it really becomes fun on the story mode. Um, as I fought a dragon, um, you know, that, that was a higher level than I, and it was, it was fun. Um, that might be outside the realm of depending on when you go on that hunt. Um, but yeah, the, the combat's great. I love it. Um, I have a, we'll get to this in a second after I get Tom's impressions, um, but I pretty much have my load, um, my equip load um, set. Um, I'm only saving up because I want to use one of the things that I got from the fight that we start, stop, we're going to stop the spoiler on, um, but I need to save up to get there. And uh, yeah, Tom, so I know you're probably playing on the level above me, correct? Yes, I'm playing on um, action focused. Yeah, so um, another reason I wanted to get Tom together, because we're probably two different, not total different experiences, but um, I'm curious at um, what is the satisfaction and uh, difficulty level um, at, the next, at the next step? Like, what, what do you have to concentrate on while doing that? So, and just give your general impressions as well in, this, in your little paragraph here. So, yeah, so first impressions, um, I... I was like you. I was not thrilled with the direction. I thought it was too dark. I thought it, you know, the whole kaiju thing I thought was a little gimmicky. But uh, I, like you, I played the uh, I played the demo, and pretty much as soon as I finished the demo, I bought the game almost immediately. And thought because at the time I had just purchased um, the new Zelda game, and I was like, well, now. I'm just about to get into the Zelda game. I don't, do I want to? Do I want to pull this game first? And I didn't know, so I played the demo, and then I haven't touched Zelda <laughs> since, <laughs> I, since I bought this game. Uh, and that should tell you something, because that game's really good. And uh, I, um, I didn't know what to think about the battle system. Like you said, we were we are um, children of the past when it comes to that sort of thing. Uh, I I very much enjoy my turn based. ATB driven uh, Final Fantasy, so this was something different. Um, yeah. But it's not to say that I don't, because I wasn't. I mean, fifteen was okay, but it was definitely not as satisfying as this game. The mechanics and the way things work in this game feel good, and they like they make you feel like you actually put in an effort to to beat a boss. Um, the things you have to pay attention to most in this mode. Uh, in the action focus mode is tells of when an attack is going to come. So in story based mode, they give you the uh, they give you the uh, on screen display when you need to parry or you need to dodge. In this case, you need to know exactly when that is going to happen because you're not given a a prompt. Yeah. 
that's the biggest thing, which is the main reason that I have um, Torgal set to automatic, because if I need to focus on that, I have no chance of trying to direct Torgal at the same time, um, which I think I'm glad that they put that kind of stuff in. It's nice because you don't have to use it. You're not forced. You don't, you're not forced to have to um, have that have that extra crutch of something you need to, to worry about because they give you the the thing the equipment that'll let you have those prompts for dodging and parrying and the and it they have the one that'll let you have torgal be automatic now i did not choose to use those the torgal one is the only one i chose to use because like i said i got enough stuff i got to worry about switching between icons and all this other stuff so i that's I was okay with using that to be automatic, um, but yeah, I I love the the variability in the combat because you can with so many icons you can have like you could play a totally different game than I did, Mark. Yeah, because as we've discussed, you have been using totally different icons than I've been using. Exactly. For the most part, I've been using. And we're going to get into spoiler stuff here, but I mean, if you don't know the summons and icons by now in a final yeah. fantasy game then you shouldn't be listening to this at this point yeah so uh, spoiler alert if you want to not know this stuff but right so the main ones that i have been using are phoenix titan and ramu uh i have been experimenting now now that there's more uh with bahamut and a little more with garuda because i didn't i didn't really understand how garuda worked until i would watch you play it and I've gone back and used used different ones. So, but you've used Garuda and yeah. Ramu, right? Yeah, and 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 Phoenix, obviously. But right. Yeah, and I've also learned things from watching streamers that a couple of the the things, a, a lot of the square and triangle things that you use while holding R two have a specific purpose for the most part. Right. Um, like one, like Heat Wave on Phoenix is a. Um, is a uh what's it called a like long distance um ranged attack like parry counter if you time it it sends the thing back along with the attack and it kills the stagger um and there's there's a one in garuda that is a parry um specific one to melee attacks so if if you're getting really deep into that much of it um you can you can basically min-max and just be able to destroy anyone. And I believe the fist thing um, for the Earth, um, I actually, so I can, the Raging Fist um, can actually work as a as a parry, if you time it. Because I, I got that tonight. Um, I hit it just as someone was hitting me, and it went to the parry screen, and then it just destroyed the person's stagger bar. Um <laughs> Uh, but I that the way the animation for that for the raging fist um, is is way harder because you know it's got to do the load up so you, you know trying to time it with the strike is tough but I guess if you're really skilled at this comic this this combat you can you can destroy it like I'm watching the preview video here of what happens when you parry um, so you know um, and the main thing I want to go to back to equipment real fast before we get back to the icons. Um, I'm using two rings here. I use the evasion one that slows down the screen and doesn't automatically dodge because there's a ring that does automatically dodge. Right. Um, 
And I'm using that along with the healing one. Um, the healing one is more so I don't have to pay attention if I'm talking to chat or trying to comment on the battle. You know, worrying about healing myself, using the potions and all. Right. Um, but the I use the evasion one because of, A, it just in case that there's any lag. Um, and because it, it, it gives me enough time to dodge it. I still get hit um, because I'm either thinking of doing something else or I hit the wrong button to dodge. But I use those two. I don't use the Torgal assistance um, because since I don't really have to think as much as you do, um, I can have them on and using him as you're intended to. Um, and then I have all, so far I have all the purple gear. Um, you know, I have the two Drake Slayer stuff and then the, the new sword they give you right after Bahamut. Um, yeah. So that's going there. But I'll just run through my icons here. So I'm using Phoenix. I have Ignition, which is the thing from Infrit. Um, which lets you, you basically shoulder charge something. Best part about it is I learned you can, of all the like, uh, like um, ads that come up, you can sort of gather them all and, and <laughs> hit them all at once. Um, you sort of run around in a circle and you pick them all up like a magnet and then your final hit knocks them down. Um, so I use that and it also helps to run up a bunch of damage when you have someone staggered, um, especially a big animal. Um, I use the Flames of Rebirth, mainly because it's a cheat code for any of the ads. Um, you know, you just go up and pop Flames of Rebirth, and you kill all the non-staggerable enemies, basically. Um, or you get them pretty close to death. I, I think it would take less... They would take less damage on your thing than on mine. Um, but, you know, it's just sort of, oh, you gotta kill all these bandits. So just walk up, get R2 and Triangle, and boom, alright, enemies slain. Um, it's sort of got that uh, Crisis Core um, reminder thing to me, um, which is why I like that it still has some easy stuff like that, but not as much as one button to win like Crisis Core became at the end. Um, and then, I, as you said, I use Garuda almost um, because I use I use the, the, the Gorge or Gouge, however you want to say it, um, because that, that bumps up the, the one point like when they're staggered. It bumps up that so you get like one and a half times damage um, mm -hmm. as you do it. It also shreds um, stamina if you get them at the right time. Um, and you can use it in midair. You can use it wherever. Um, and then I use the Aerial Blast um, on there, um, which is just basically a giant tornado that picks things up in the air if, if they can be picked up. Um, and it, it totally destroys Stagger. It's five star on Stagger. Um, and that would be the one I recommend for you to use on a higher level. Um, and the, yeah, so that one's pretty good, uh, for that purpose. Um, and then I think we, I use the Raging Fist, um, just because that also, I've, I've come more stagger focused, um, because that's the quicker way for me to end fights. Um, you know, uh, and then, um, I have Judgment Bolt right now, um, which is, you know, I throw my stick in the air and it, uh, brings down like a call lightning sort of thing. It deals massive damage to a single target. Um, um, which uh, I think it also gives light damage to things that stand next to the target, but this is really good for when you have something staggered. That's how I got the, uh, for those of you to watch the stream, that's how I got the 50,000 um, against the dragon and stagger, um, was I just hit it with this while it was, while it was down. Um, and then, you know, so right now I'm, kind, I'm running uh, uh, Ramu um, mm -hmm. just because I have to wait until I master Judgment Bolt um, because then you can use it anywhere, and then I can switch this back to either Titan or Bahamut. Um, 
So because I really hate the circle move um, <laughs> on on Ramu. Yeah, it's, um, it's really not great. Yeah, I I have I don't even know what Bahamut does because I didn't want to look there yet until I master Judgment Bolt. Um, but I love the Titan Block thing that that helps me. Oh yeah, um, Titanic Block is is yeah. OP for sure. Yeah, so I have that. Um, and is there is there anything that you can remember off the top of your head? Did you specifically run? Um, yes. So basically, I set all my icons up to have an AOE attack and a direct attack. So for Phoenix, I use Rising Flames and I use um, Flames of Rebirth. Yeah, that that's the that says we said many times. That's the OP. Yeah. One on Phoenix. Uh, Ramu, I use Pile Drive and Thunderstorm and Titan. I use uh, Wind Up for direct attack and Upheaval for AOE. Because, like I said, I mean, I like to have one ability to inflict massive damage on one person. And then I, in the action focus, you get surrounded a lot. So it's good to have more than one AOE attack, which is kind of the reason I don't use Garuda. Yeah. It should. It doesn't have a very good one unless you unlock uh, the tornado, which I have not done uh, because I've been focusing on other icons. But yeah, Uh, I would like to start playing around with Bahamut because his uh, super is ridiculous. Uh, It's really good. Uh, But yeah, for the most part, I stick to having one direct attack, one area of effect because I use Rising Flames like. As as soon as I get it, I use it immediately. Um, yeah. And I just like the ha- like having you know the the ability to use an AOE attack if I'm surrounded. Because also not only that you get surrounded, but you get surrounded numerous times a lot, especially in those uh, in a lot of side quests. You'll get you'll get to a point where you defeat a bunch of enemies, and then they throw even more enemies at you, which can be annoying if you don't have something like that yeah. <laughs> equipped. So, uh, so yeah, it's good to have that extra ability. I feel like. Yeah, yeah. The I, I feel the thing that we're learning talking about um, each other's strategy here um, is that you seem to focus, you know, because more enemies are tougher enemies. You know, AOE, um, you know, and straight damage, and I'm more being able to focus on thinking of it more as damage and stagger, um, if you know what I'm saying. Uh, you know, because I've set everything up for my triangles are all my things to stagger people, um, even though the, the the Judgment Bolt thing does not stagger uh, as, as well. But it it does help uh, destroy the uh, the stagger bar. I mean, it's a, it's a four and three, you know, four damage, three stagger. Um, so it, it works in a pinch, and it's also, um, it comes back a lot faster than the other two. Um, mm-hmm. So that's why I tend to use that a little bit more. But yeah, I use my triangles. Like, this is just my brain working. All my triangles are stagger. All my squares are straight attacks. Um, I think the one main thing that I that I do, um, which is great, and like I said out there, anyone listening, the, um, the way you play might be completely different than how we all play. If you... One of the great things about this game is if you're really good at parrying and dodging, you probably don't even really have to worry about a bunch of this stuff yep. <laughs> um, in there because you can 
if you have if anybody watched the demo from the guy that created the combat in Devil May Cry, um, I wish I would have looked up names instead of just you know um, uh, just saying the guy. But um, he went on stage and he fought like a, the one of the higher level enemies they had for the demo, and he parried every single attack um, that <laughs> that the guy threw at him, and it was getting to the point that I was like watching a fighting game at like Evo. Sort of thing. The crowd going, oh, 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 you know, every time the parry screen popped up um, on the where it's slow motions, everything for those of you that haven't played yet. Um, uh, but yeah, yeah, it's just like you could you could go take on enemies that are 20, 30 levels above you, even on action focused, if, if you are really good at the combat. And that's why I think it's one of the really good things about it. Um, like we just had this conversation, me and Tom are having a ball, you know, with the with the combat in the game and yet we're playing it completely different. Um, yep. yeah, it's not like one of those games where you, there's one way to play it. Um, and I think that's, what's been great so far combat wise. And that's what I'm most happy about. It was like, in my head, it was like a combination of, you know, doing the controlling one character, um, that you've been doing for like, um, in final fantasy 15, um, where I, I don't think you could jump around to the characters in a battle. Um, I forget exactly. It's been years since I played that game. Um, so just doing that action focus, worried about one character and the, um, you know, and, and the, uh, doing things ahead of time, kind of like Final Fantasy 13, um, sort of thing. So, yeah, I don't know your thoughts on that. Um, like I, like I said before, I mean, it, it definitely seems like an evolution of the 13 battle system. Um, with the stagger meter and you know all that all that stuff yeah. and the ability to change uh your abilities in the middle of a battle i just yeah. really feel like that it was just like a, a an evolution of of that battle system and i think this is kind of what they were going for with 13 but they just didn't didn't know how to do it in an action focused way yet yeah yeah, yeah. and um, and the other thing I love about it, um, my final thoughts on, on the combat and all that stuff is I love that I'm playing on an easier mode. Um, uh, but it's not, it, it's not getting as boring and repetitive as crisis core did. Um, as much as I would cackle and laugh and I would just hit one button and the entire thing would be destroyed. Um, at least even with higher level enemies, it takes a little bit more. Like I actually have to understand the combat to win, even though I could probably just press square to win as long as I'm dodging. Um, well, but that would just take an enormous amount of time. Um, but yeah, it was like no- nothing will ever be in terms of easiness um, as though fighting the final boss in Crisis Core and it said, I forget the exact wording, but it says like battle begin, I hit the button and it goes battle commenced in <laughs> <laughs> like five seconds. And it's like the final boss of the game. Um, I don't think anything could ever get that easy <laughs> in video games. Um, so I'm glad that even playing on the story level to be able to stream for you folks out there, um, that this is still a little bit of a challenge and a little bit of fun. Um, I'm sure Vince, who joins us on the stream, can attest to watching it. It's still fun, despite it you know, not being the most challenging on my end. And I think that's a testament to the design and, and style of the game. Um, I don't know if you have any... Uh, final thoughts on like design style battle any of the non-story stuff yeah i mean the the overall design is is really well done the characters the way they look the way they dress 
I mean, granted, it's it's a video game, so they're all going to wear the same thing all the time. But yeah, I think that they designed the characters really well. It's an interesting take on like a medieval style Final Fantasy, which we haven't seen for quite some time. Yeah. Um, I, and I I will just say that someone had been listening to our our old D and D podcast because Clive does the same accent that I did for the, for that D&D podcast. So. That's funny. I've been unable to unhear it since you said it yeah. um, like a week or so ago. Um, but yeah, and there's something really interesting. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm obviously being very facetious here, um, but I've been joking about connections to 10 in this game ever since they showed that waterfall thing and I kept mentioning Sin. I was like, oh no, Sin? <laughs> Final Sin, oh no, it's connected to 10. And then I think they're going through and also giving you music from past games. Because I bought music, it's, it's weird, I don't know. Um, I bought a thing from a vendor, or no, I got something from the renowned points you get. Um, since I've been doing all the side quests and all the hunts. Um, and I played it, and I could have sworn it was the battle music from 10. It's very possible. You know, but... It's you have I'm to because sure. you, you have to purchase all that stuff in game. Yeah, so. and it's like special stuff. You know, there are things you get in the game that are obviously sixteen. You know, um, songs. But these, this, this, like I that um, I can hear it in my head. So apologize if it doesn't really come out of my mouth well. But it's like that dan 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 dan. You know, um, like chord progression um, mm-hmm. in in the battle theme for ten. Um, and it just sounds like a longer version of it, like an orchestrated version of it. Um, so I'm interested. I might look that up. I literally just found that out. Like I put it, I got it from the thing, put it on the jukebox right before we ended the stream, like 20 minutes beforehand. So I haven't had the chance before we recorded this podcast to actually look that up to see if that's what they're doing, but I wouldn't be surprised, um, if it's something like that, but it's pretty cool. Um, you know, I think this is... I haven't heard anything specifically, but it very much feels like this is set in Ivalice, Um, If they haven't said it already, um, uh, if not, they basically based it off that because you know Dalmex and all that stuff um, comes from twelve. Not comes from twelve, but you know comes from that world. So I'm interested to see um, if anything gets connected back to you know if they say Ivalice, if this is like the beginning of Ivalice or whatever. Um, if you already know Tom, obviously no sports, but. Um, and <laughs> speaking of that, our num right now, you've could have listened to all this and not been spoiled anything on the story outside of the icons, which if you're getting to Final Fantasy 16 and you're interested in this, they're just the names of icons and we don't even really explain anything behind them at this point. So this is where you can jump out if you haven't played up to Bahamut and then come back when you're done there, um, uh, because we're going to start with the story. Um. We're going to make it uh, pretty quick here um, in terms of um, going through it. Uh, basically, just talk about our, our favorite points that go line by line, um, like a plot recap or anything. But I do want to first start with the demo, Tom. Um, yep. And outside of the 45 minutes of cutscene that felt like <laughs> we're in that demo, um, I, went, I have two opinions about the demo. One, more games should fucking do a demo like that. Absolutely. Because that sold the game for me. Um, I mean, there was, you know, Steam does all those demos, which sold a bunch of games for me. I mean, I was going to buy Goodbye Van, Goodbye Volcano High anyway, but playing the demo was like, okay, I, I'm, this is what I was expecting. You know, you can get one of those demos where it's like, okay, it's not something weird. Um, 
And then you can get demos like this, where something's lukewarm and you play through it. You're like, no, this this feels awesome. I love these characters, and I want to see more. Um, I think doing like just that, and I'll turn it over to you after this. Um, I think doing the first two hours was exactly what they should have done and gated off the later in the game with all the powers part of the demo um, for people that wanted to do it um, and forcing you to do the first two hours thing first uh, because it got you into the game and wanted you to play going forward. Um, most demos where it just puts you in the middle of something, like a vertical slice of one portion of the game, usually doesn't really sell it for me. But this, having the story beats um, through those first two hours was precisely what probably got me to purchase. I don't know at what point you decided you were going to hit the purchase button. Yeah, I mean, aside from just the um, the story only being the first two hours, all of the information that was shown seems to have been that those first two hours too, which yeah. I think is great because yes. so many times I've seen a game spoiled in a, a trailer. Like, we don't we don't need to do that. Like, just just show us, like, give us the the broad strokes, you know? I don't need to, we don't need to go into super detail on uh, a trailer and a demo. Uh, the demo was perfect. It got, it got across what needed to get, needed to get across. You had, it taught you how to use the battle system, taught you about the icons. It gave you a backstory for these characters. Granted, all that stuff didn't really I mean it. Some of that stuff comes back up, but for the most part, it it could stand alone by itself, which is why it was a good demo. Um, and it, I just feel like you're right. More games should do that. I love the fact that whatever you earned in the demo, they it moves over. Your save will move over to the to the the full game. Yeah. I think Live Alive did the same thing, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and, I, and again, another game I purchased based off the demo. Thanks for reminding me of that. <laughs> <laughs> another Square game. I think Square's doing really well with this. I don't yeah. think I don't think it's a bad thing that they have released these demos. I think it's I think it's helping their case because they. I feel like a lot of people aren't high on Square these days, or weren't high on Square before a lot of this stuff started coming out. Like well, all, like I, I know that. They're not going to do this just because of the game, but I would love to see a demo for Kingdom Hearts Four like this. Yes. I don't know. I don't know that that's going to happen. I, I think. But, not sorry to cut no, you off, but I want to. I want to get to this before you, you move on to anything. I don't think you can do it for sequels. I think the the doing what they did for Live Alive and this no, game. Mark, I'm gonna. Yeah. They kind of did. They kind of did this for Kingdom Hearts. They put out that weird Kingdom Hearts 2.8 whatever thing yeah. For, yeah. for Kingdom Hearts 3. And I feel like you can do it because that kind of brought you up to speed on stuff you need to know for Kingdom Hearts 3. Yeah. So, my, my, yeah. Um, my point is being that mostly those demos, um, especially a game like Kingdom Hearts, you're trying to sell the base that's already there on the new game. Um, you know, or catch them up from something. Yeah. I think it's a totally different function um, than what Live Alive and this game did um, in terms of trying to sell pre-orders um, for the game. Um, I think it is possible you could do it for a demo, especially 
if a, I mean for a sequel, especially if your opening two hours is just a recap, um, or it's something weird like Kingdom Hearts Two's opening couple hours, um, where it doesn't require you to know much well, of the backstory. That I th- now I think that that would have been perfect. Like if you yeah. granted it's twenty years ago or whatever at yeah. this point, but if you played the Kingdom Hearts Two demo and it was just Roxas and it was just that first section, yeah, people have been like, what? What is this? I need to know what's happening. I need to buy yeah. the rest of this game. Yeah. So I feel yeah. like you, it could work with the sequel. It just depends. It depends yeah. on the game. And it depends on how you do it. You can, it can't be like it can't be a sequel um, where the opening scene you're doing has way too much information from the previous game in it. I agree. Because then, because I'm even I, thinking going back. You know, I'm thinking Metal Gear Solid. You know, two. Um, having the demo be that whole tanker level basically if i remember yeah. correctly um you know and just it ba- you didn't need to know much they filled you in on what you needed to know uh but and it, it just get, basically got you to buy the game because it leaves on a nice pretty good cliffhanger um there but i i, I 100 think that this this demo of doing the first two hours specifically and not like some small 30 minute chunk um like i played the not to just keep naming games we play demos of, but um, at Comic-Con one year, I played the 15-minute demo for Resident Evil 2 Remake, which got me to want to buy the game because it was a really good remake, but not to the, like, immediately run home and, like, maybe purchase it on my phone, you know, that this game literally did. Like, when it crops up, hey, you can buy it in the store. I was like, yes, Square. <laughs> I will purchase this right now. Um, so, yeah. So, story-wise, um, in those first two hours, I felt like they had to do what they did, and whether I'm, I'm curious if you agree with me, um, where they had to touch on the Game of Thrones stuff that they were kind of doing um, in the opening to try to draw non-Final Fantasy fans in um, to like something that was popular. Um, they were probably writing this at the time Game of Thrones were still popular um, and on the air, uh, but at those first two hours are much more packed with that stuff than the rest of the game is. Um, yeah. the, re- the rest of the game becomes Final Fantasy, Final Fantasy bullshit. Uh, in a good way, um, <laughs> as you go in. But this was much more grounded. Um, there's, some, there's some, like, Game of Thronesy stuff later, but this, th- there was not as much as was packed into this. Um, but I think that was a good way to get people hooked, and probably one of the reasons it got me hooked, because... Holy Christ, just from that demo, did I want to murder our mother for, <laughs> like, weeks. And everybody, um, before I jump into you, um, I literally was watching the streamer, you know, It Me JP, um, play through, and he's at the part coming up to um, uh, Bahamut. And, you know, there's a cutscene between uh, Dion and her. And... Um, he literally says after that scene, he's like, I want to cut her mother's head off. And I'm like, yes! That's <laughs> everyone! They did such a good job with her as a villain that even, like, this sort of cynic of a streamer, you know, guy that's been doing it forever, um, it literally has that visceral reaction to her. And I, I, I want to praise them for that. And they started off great in this scene. Uh, playing it, because I played the demo twice. I played it once on my own, and then I played it once on stream. Um... Knowing what happened and then watching how she react, how she acts 
throughout her whole thing made it so much better the way they were writing her. And I don't know what your reaction was to the story. Were you a Game of Thrones guy? Um, no, no, no. No. Okay. Um, curious yeah. to see Jen's reaction when she plays, but um, I, yeah, I stayed away from Game of Thrones, but I I knew like I knew the generalities of it, so I could see where this was pulling stuff from that. Um, it you know anything that's popular is going to get emulated a, a little bit, which I'm all right with. It doesn't bother me all that much, but uh, you could definitely see where the the influence was and. I'm happy they didn't only do that um, because once you got to the meat and potatoes of the game, yeah. it it was Final Fantasy. Yeah, yeah. About, about 10 hours in, it turns into Final Fantasy, Final Fantasy, um, yeah. which I love, which we'll get to the exact moment that occurs um, in a second. But um, after we get through the demo, um, for those who don't know, you're sort of um, transporting your brother, um, Joshua, who is blessed with the Phoenix. Um, yeah, he's the dominant of the Phoenix, which dominants are people that have the icons inside them and can use their magic and sort of turn into the icons. Before um, we go then, too, before we go yeah, too far, yeah, the some of the terms in this game are a little weird to me. <laughs> go right ahead, we can talk about that. Uh, dominant, first of all, that just seems like a very strange term for someone who can turn into a summon or an I whatever icon yeah. they're calling this. Icon, I can understand. Icon makes sense. Dominant, I don't know. I don't. That doesn't make any sense to me. They couldn't have come up with a better name than dominant. I I'm just a, it, sorry. Go ahead. I just I, it. It just doesn't really make any sense. It, it's it's one of those where I'm wondering if they picked the simplicity of the word is something they were worried about for translation. So they picked something that could be translated across most languages for understanding that these people and they explain it if you look up the dominant stuff not as in depth as we want it but sort of like the idea is that they're dominant over that icon well it makes um, that i mean that makes yeah. sense but they don't yeah. explain that unless you look into it yeah, exactly um uh, and using the active time lore is something you should be doing i haven't been doing much on the stream because um a lot i really it's a lot of reading and plus i'm only doing it when you go talk to the lore man and he gives you those four things or five yep. things that pop up. I'll read those on, on the stream. I was reading them all in the beginning, and I'm like, there's way too much momentum in these cutscenes to be stopping to do this. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, the um, I think that was just it, that the word dominant goes across in multiple languages would be my guess. I could be completely off with that. Um, but, yeah, it's Final Fantasy, you know, the icons, like spelling it E-I-K-O-N-S, um, if I remember correctly, um, and I can't remember off, off the top of my head, but I believe at least since Final Fantasy VI, I think each game has had a different name for the summons, like what they're called. I think they're espers in they're esp six. In six, yeah. They're just they're, summons in seven. Summons in seven. They had their, their guardian forces, GFs in eight. Right. Uh, they have another name that's pretty close to icons um, in nine. In, in ten, they might go back to summons. Um, because you know they they created a class. Well, um, and for, and ten and seven are in the same universe. Exactly, that's another good one. I didn't think of that as we go through here. Twelve, they haven't they have a name too, which I haven't played twelve in a while. People out there can help me. Um, thirteen, they're called Eidolons or 
Edelons or something like that. Yeah, they're, everything in that game. I, speaking of weird name stuff, everything in that game is fucking named weird. Yeah, and in fifteen, they're called they're called something else. Um, not summons. They say the act is summoning, but they call them something else. Yeah. Um, in fifteen. Um, but yeah, that that whole naming convention thing is a lot of you know when you make sixteen of them, which is the joke on every stream so far. Is do I have to play the previous? 15 games um uh for me yes but um <laughs> but no you don't have to obviously because they change a bunch of things all the time and they get you into it um so that demo basically leads new and old players alike into wanting to play this game you know he gets you know you you're you're transporting joshua to uh the phoenix gate where he's essentially going to go into the um secret chamber of the phoenix where the um, whatever is, um, I, they probably explained that better or did explain it, um, and sort of get fully imbued with the power of the Phoenix, um, or something else nefarious that we don't know about that he actually avoided by, um, when he had the big Kaiju battle with us, um, mm-hmm. as we find out that, uh, even though they try to hide it for six hours, um, that, hey, you were Ifrit, he was the one that supposedly killed, um, yeah, Joshua. That's like the worst kept secret in the game. Yeah. Yeah, it makes no sense. Um, yeah, I mean, they try to do it with this, the 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 person we'll be talking about soon, but as being the person tricking you, but it, it's kind of really like they didn't really need to do that. They stretched it out way too far. Um, and then after that's all over, the demo's over. Um, we come back. Um, the next segment is basically um, the the battle to fight Benedictia um, and Garuda. Um, because each their sections are broken up into your icons. Um, you find out early on, you find Jill, who was a, a young lady who lived with you, was like sort of a prisoner, basically, um, from reading the lore. Um, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's weird. So, I, I, I still don't know how that worked and how she was okay with it, but yeah, it is what it is. So you find out that uh, she's from the north, and apparently that's where the Domin of Shiva is from. Um, Basically, so, basically, she's like, uh, what's his name from Marvel? Loki. Yeah, yeah. So she's the dominant of Shiva, um, and you know, you find that out because you're going to kill the dominant, and then you find out it's her. Um, and the way you figure it out is because a tear runs down the cheek, which is still the funniest thing, <laughs> despite the fact that she looks exactly the same. The moment it clicks in Clive's head is when a tear rolls down her cheek. Um, so you do all battles with that. You meet Sid, who might be the most useful Sid um, in terms but of... Besides Seven, you know, yes, he's by, by far the most useful Sid. Yeah, yeah. And, and even say, even that Sid, it's like basically he builds the airship for you. Like this one seems to be like in control of everything in, I would in, in say, fighting I, sense. I almost would say that he he almost knocked off Seven Sid as my favorite. Yeah. And then they killed them off. Yeah. Spoilers. Yeah. Spoilers. Spoilers yeah. if you haven't noticed yeah. from this, the, this show name at this point. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're getting to that exact moment in a second. So um, so the rest of the time is just learning about how the world is now. And, you know, it's been 13 years since this stuff at Phoenix Gate. You know, you get the whole, you can read up on the lore of everything. And basically Sid wants you to join his cause. But you're just hell-bent on finding that person that killed Joshua, who's obviously not you. Um, and so you go through the whole thing and eventually you, uh, take, you find out that you take, you can sort of rogue powers from people, um, for X-Men fans out there. Um, 
and sort of take their power, or probably the Milo Ventilamila character from Heroes, probably more more apt <laughs> to this. Yeah, um, there's a, or Mega Man, you Mega Manning power. Yeah, you're sort of siphoning the power out of uh, Benedictia, so you get the wind power from her. Um, she is currently in an affair with two men. Um, one is Hugo, who is Titan, and the other is um, Barnabas, Barnabas. Which, who, who is Odin. <laughs> how did... How how is he so pissed at Sid, but he's not pissed at Barnabas? I don't think he knows about Barnabas. Like how how do you not know? I I think he's I think she's sort of got like a without like a spell on him, you know, uh, sort of thing. Um, maybe, maybe. Not not like an actual spell, but you know what I yeah, mean. I, I yeah. know. Yeah. yeah. So that was a weird storyline in itself. Yeah, and obviously I think we're gonna find out that obviously it wasn't Sid that cut her head off and gave it to him. Um, it's, it's going to be the main villain that we find out through this whole thing. Um, by the time we get to the end of the Benedictia section is, um, uh, was it Ultima or yes, yes. which is an, another weird thing. Like, I yeah. know they, they want to use these spell titles and stuff, but I've never heard of yeah. Ultima as being yeah. a being. Yeah. It's so you find generally it, just a spell. Yeah. And or, yeah, or name of a weapon or something like that. But yeah. You know, so you finally find out that Ultimate's sort of probably the person pulling the strings behind all this stuff, um, because he wants you, because um, you're myth mythos, um, basically the equivalent of I keep naming other games, but I'm trying to relate to people to kind of get the idea if they're still confused about things. Um, he's sort of like your fool character from Persona, where you can take on every kind of Persona um, and not just one. Um, so and that's would, yeah. I, I would call him like a Ragnarok character, True. like yeah. built to destroy and rebuild everything. Yeah. Um, to go to, you know, Norse mythology and, and uh, Marvel yeah. again. Um, yeah. But yeah, I that's seems to be what they're trying to do. They're trying to break you of your uh, earthly wants or whatever. Gaia. Is it Gaia? Yeah. I don't even know. Yeah. Uh, to become this monster. Yeah, that, that seems to be the goal so far. Um, and the uh, um, and through all this, we find out that not only did you live through the fight, but Joshua also lived. Um, Which, again, I mean, it's kind of a terrible kept secret, because they, especially with the reveal of well, what did they call him? Margrace? Yeah. Like, that, like, it obviously yeah. is joshua <laughs> yeah i was I, I was excited when they revealed it but um you know it was just it's just a weird reveal like they didn't yeah i they didn't really like build it up at all they just yeah. kind of took his hood off and then oh yeah that's joshua why yeah i don't know it just seemed weird to me <laughs> but yeah so they go through that and now you got people coming back from the dead it's a real soap opera and final fantasy bullshit um going on at this point um so he kind of saves you from Ultima trying to take you um, at the moment when, because uh, this is when Sid dies, correct? Um, uh, down uh, in the. Yes, down yes. in where the fallen stuff yeah. is. Yeah, yeah. Where you're there, you take, um, you know, I think it's where you take out the first mother crystal, um, which I, the whole thing in this game is you're destroying all the mother crystals, um, which I don't know is a good or bad thing at this point. Um, in the story, um, if you know so far, do not say anything, but, um, uh, we still don't know at this point. Okay. So, you know, they're, 
it, it could be good, it could be bad, we don't know, uh, but we're sort of the goal there. So he dies when we take out the first one at the, you know, the capital with Sam Burkett. I'm not going to say it correctly, um, because that's what I've been saying it on stream. Um, and, you know, and Joshua saves you by imprisoning Ultimate inside his body, um, which obviously won't have consequences later. None at all. Um, None. No, zero. No, nope, zero. So um, you get done that, and then the end scene where they cut it off is after all this happens, you see the head, and that's that. You see Hugo freak out because the head of Benedictia, who is his is, is mistress, um, had been sent to him, and he just wants to kill Sid uh, because the, the box said it was from Sid um, that sent it. So he freaks out and destroys stuff in his room, and then that's when we cut back. Um, uh, to, um, I think we do a bunch of stuff in between that, and then um, we go for uh, another mother crystal, right? We do, we, do this, we do the Jill stuff next, correct? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Then we do the Jill stuff over by the Iron Kingdom, which I, I love that whole buildup um, going through there. Was, was was pretty interesting with the fire and just the contrast um, uh, to the stuff of Sam Burkay. But, um, it, yeah. I think it's Sam Breck. I don't think there's it's Sam Breck. I'm saying it incorrectly. I know okay. it. I, I'm just trying to think of it in my head of how they say it in the game. Sam yeah. Breck. I read it as Sam Breckay, and I've been saying that that way ever since. Um, and the um, so we learn a lot more about her backstory, and um, through all this, um, we're learning about the curse um, that dominants and bearers have. Um, that it looks like Jill is, is starting to succumb a little bit too um, at this point. Um, so she just wanted to go and kill the person that was controlling her in the Iron Kingdom, which was the first of many people that were just like, fuck yeah, let's go cut that person's head off um, <laughs> during this game. Um, they do a very good job of making you want to kill the enemies. Um, uh, so through that, we, we destroy um, basically the entire Iron Kingdom, destroy the Mother Crystal. And then while we were there, we find out that um, uh, the uh, Hugo's army has, um, you know, gone and uh, attacked the hideout um, and started murdering everyone there. And then sort of we flash forward five years. And that was kind of point. the last Game of Thrones thing yeah. there, that there was. Yeah, that. everything becomes very Final Fantasy. That's Final Fantasy after this. Um, you... Well, the only slightly Game of thrones stuff is when Hugo just starts destroying your old hometown to draw. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Um, so, um, the rest of it, we're just going to jumble up here so we can through it. But sort of, your next task with taking care of Hugo, so you find, um, you know, another one of Sid's friends um, as you're going all around. You find out that you're the new Sid, um, and, uh, which is kind of weird that people call you Sid and Clive at the same time. Yeah, I mean, um, I guess it depends on when they met you. That's that's yeah. determines whether they know you as Sid or Clive. Yeah, which I thought right. that was an interesting take doing a Dread Pirate Roberts type deal. Yeah, um, yeah. I think it's I think it's a cool take that Sid is becomes this uh, persona as opposed to just being Sidolphus, which is interesting that they that was his actual name. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I thought that was interesting that it wasn't just Sid. Uh, it was Sidolphus. Yeah, and I just found out tonight, um, even though it's after the Bahamas stuff, you find out Mid's full name. And I'm like, oh, they're from the same thing. Okay. <laughs> I have a really long, I have a really, I have a really weird first name. 
Um, so, uh, so basically, Hugo's thing is kind of straightforward. Um, you kind of go to the desert thing. You have to, um, you know, kill him. You find out that he may be having a deal with your mother um, and her son, Olivier, um, which seems really weird. Um, they don't explore much of that, but I think you kind of find out when we get to it why um, Olivier was, was there and, and why the mother seemed to be making deals with every kingdom across the, the globe. So you basically, um, you go down and you go to fight, um, you know, uh, uh, Hugo, and uh, you see him see a, you know, reflection of, of uh, Benedictia and sort of he goes crazy by ingesting way too much ether. And then you have probably the first of two great boss battles. Um, this Titan battle was the first wow moment for me when you're the, the kaiju fight here. Um, I'll let you uh, describe your thoughts on it, but it was, you were so excited for me to get to the scene. I w- this was, this was the point where I didn't, I didn't want to spoil it for you, but I didn't, I wanted you to know what you were running into because at that point, that was the most epic thing I'd ever seen in a video game was fighting. <laughs> you're basically fighting a mountain. Yeah. Um, with tentacles. So it was the the first part of the boss battle was good, and then they did that, and I was like, "Wow, this! I don't know. I don't know how you top this." Yeah. And for a little while, I didn't think that you could <laughs> until you got to the next one. Yeah. So, so yeah, I'm leaving out. Obviously, we're leaving out a bunch of little stuff here, and um. You know, if you played the game, go back and read a bunch of the side quests, or you know the stuff here. Uh, yeah, but I just so, the main points. Um, before we, well, I guess let's get through the story, and then we'll talk about the side. I want to talk. I'm gonna, yeah, I want to talk about characters after. Yeah. Um, so, uh, because I have a favorite character, um, even though I need to see more of her. But um, so we destroy Hugo in this epic, epic battle um, uh, with this. You know, and then destroyed a mother crystal, and um, you know it cuts to you know now um, you're it sends you to your next mission. You know you're gonna you're gonna be going here next, so it gives you a little preview of that. Um, and the first thing I want to talk about when we move into the Bahamut section of this is um, one of the fun things is I know we have two more icons to get, and we already know what one of them is. And I'm really interested to see, or I, maybe two of, no, no, we have the other one. Um, I'm really interested to see how we get the one um, uh, with this, uh, because I think there's three icons left. We only have room for six um, on our screen, if I was counting correctly. Um, I can actually look here. Um, the abilities. Yeah, there's, uh, no, there's, there's room for seven. Um, so, um, yeah, so we... Uh, we get we get to this point we're going through things and find out that we're probably just going to go attack um you know the the empire um with sam sam breck um where your mother is and i got super excited um because i'm like we're gonna get to kill our mother and i was so happy um going there but the one thing i'm gonna touch on before we um get to that is i am pleasantly surprised how progressive Square was so far in this game. Um, because a, a bit, they did it with a little bit of a zoomed out camera. Uh, they did have Dion um, end up um, 
kissing, um, I guess, I guess he'd be his lover, um, which was another male soldier. And they don't say it like it's not touched on it. It's a big deal or anything like that. I just it, thought it's and, interesting that it it's done and then they never they never touch on yeah. it again. Yeah, it's like okay, and I'm like thumbs up, square. Yeah, you know, it's perfectly normal. You know what just happened there. Didn't need to. I was just on stream. I was like, wow, it's awesome. Yeah, and they didn't make I, a big deal about it. It was it was great. Perfect. Um, but for a square Japanese company, needs to be pointed out. Um, this is also uh, a company from the same country where Nintendo said that they couldn't do same-sex things in Tamagotchi life uh, for reasons, um, <laughs> despite them being like little tiny me characters, like not even look human. Um, so I was re- pleasantly surprised to see that. And then me and Vince on stream were constantly calling Dion our gay king um, for, <laughs> for the rest of the um, oh, time there. So, um, and we got really upset as you go on, you start to uncover some things and then you get to town um, and you see that um, Joshua has, has talked to Dion uh, because Dion knows something's up with his father because he put uh, Annabella, your mother's son, Olivier, on the throne uh, over you, um, despite you being the dominant of Bahamut, um, which would nat- naturally make you the next in line for the, for the crown. Um, so he sees something's wrong. Joshua confronts him, tells him about Ultima, and Dion starts putting two and two together. Um, and kind of figures out um, what I didn't 100% figure out um, until, <laughs> until they made it almost obvious, um, which I am, uh, you know, not proud of myself for. But um, so we get there, um, and Dion and his Dragoons, which are the best class of people in Final Fantasy, I don't care. Dragoons are fucking awesome. Um, they are. I agree. Yeah. And he's already started to overthrow the town um, to, to kill his mother and stepbrother, I guess, technically. Stepmother. Um, stepmother. And, and half-brother. Step, half-brother. There you go. Um, so, you know, he goes through that, and then you see that um, by the time you get to the town, it's Clive and Jill. Um, after saving uh, uh, Goetz from a white dragon... Um, you uh, see that uh, Bahamut looks like he's gone crazy um, and is just attacking the town. Um, and then uh, from Clive's point of view, you go ahead. I, I thought it was interesting how they did that. Um, they clearly, like, they they show um, Clive and not understanding what's going on. And I thought it was interesting that Joshua immediately goes, something must have happened. Like, yeah. clearly something is not correct here because he literally just spoke to him so it's interesting that they knew something was wrong immediately yeah yeah because joshua he seems to have from whatever trauma he went through he seems to have this innate um understanding of how being a dominant works and he just notices that bahamut is not as in control as dion would present himself to be so he immediately turns into phoenix to go up and you know, save him. And I think this is the first time, even though I think Clive should know at this point, or maybe it's just because I knew uh, it's the first time when he realizes that Joshua, you know, is, is alive, I guess. Um, and when he sees yeah, the Phoenix, he, because he thinks he sees him, yeah, but he's not sure. Yeah. He just when he like passes out in the uh, crypt or whatever it is, I forget yeah. what it, what they call it, but yeah. Um, I thought it 
again, pretty cool reveal. I mean, you we all know he's alive, but it's one of, it's one of those things where it's the uh uh yeah. what is the word I'm looking for? Um basically you you can't trust the narrator. Yeah. Yeah, the uh, unreliable narrator. Unreliable narrator. Thank yeah. you. It's been a long time since I've used any literary term, so I apologize. <laughs> yes, the unreliable yeah. narrator who is Clive because you can't believe anything he says at this point. You can't believe anything he sees or says. So it's cool that you finally get to see Joshua kicking some ass. And I love how Jill is obviously the smartest one of them, where he, she's just like, you can't help him now. He's distracting Bahamut so we can get there. Let's just keep going. And all, all Clive keeps yelling is, Joshua, I'm coming. Right. He just, um, won't, he just won't do his job. He just yeah. can't help himself. Yeah, he's just always got to protect his brother, which is understandable. But yeah, I love that she's the level-headed one. He's just like, no, no, he's doing what he has to do. You can't fight Bahamut right now. Um, uh, so you go through the town, you beat up a whole bunch of um, um, uh, people from whatever realm um, Ultima's from. You fight the White Dragon to get rid of Goets. Um, and then you see the Mother Crystal sort of put a protective shield over itself. Um, and then you get all the way up to the top um, and break into the castle and see your mother and Olivier in there. And I was like, ha ha, yes, now's the time. Let's just, let's just off with her head and then go take care of Bahamut. Uh, but Clive says, you know what, Jill, watch them. I'm going to take care of Bahamut first. And I'm like, no, no, she's right there. Do it. Um, and then you go to, and I will... Um, so it feel like I'm talking the whole time here. I'll let Tom talk about the best battle we've gone had so far in this game. This, this Bahamut be, battle is ridiculous. It might be the best battle I've ever played in a Final Fantasy. Yeah. Like it's just incredible because in most games, Bahamut is on your side. You rarely have to fight Bahamut, um, and you start off as Ifrit. Uh, you are very much outmatched and you need help from Joshua, which is awesome that they, you know, they, they allow you to control Joshua and yourself going back and forth. And then from out of nowhere, uh, all of a sudden it becomes Voltron, Power Rangers, whatever you want to call it. And you combine Ifrit and Phoenix to one being and one consciousness, or it's two consciousness, two consciousnesses, yeah. and you're one being. And you're fighting Bahamut as this all-powerful being, which I I like, I, I like squeaked a little bit when that happened. <laughs> like, it was just yeah. so cool. Like, it you was. don't, you don't see that in, in these games anymore. Like, they, they don't come up with new stuff like that. And that something yeah. interesting that you know, you you would never think to have happen. Yeah, and one 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 of my favorite. Um, I would assume it's much tougher. Um, on Action Focus's story, I died once in this, but it's just because I um I ran out of time. Um, which was oh, one when, of when his power when he's loading up his yeah you got you, you got to take take out the things that are surrounding him. Yeah, I just ran out of time. Um. I've only died yeah. three times in this game. Um, one was there. One was because I didn't realize one of the things you were hunting um, had death or something, like an insta-death spell. Um, yeah. And I let it hit me, and it killed me instantly. Um, and then the 
one of the bigger hunts later. That was like 20 levels above what I should be. And I didn't go back and replenish on healing items. I, I um, do have to say, even though I am playing it on the harder difficulty, yeah, I have not died that many times. I was expecting yeah. to die a lot, and I have not died a whole lot, which I is great. I, yeah, I feel if you're if you're good at games, um, uh, from what I've seen from either streamers and stuff like that as well, that normal is pretty, not easy, but sort of like not as stressful as you think it would be. Um, and all that Maximilian dude, when I'm watching him, um, once is like, I just want to finish this so I can do New Game Plus on the Give Me Final Fantasy difficulty or whatever it's called, the one that opens up after you beat it. Yeah. Um, he's like, because I want to test these systems out in that that level of difficulty. Um, but yeah, so this fight is, um, it's sort of, it's right in front of the castle, and then all of a sudden you shoot up the space when you guys combine. And space just, battle. Can't space, get much more epic than space battle. Space kaiju battle um, was great. And then you fight, um, you know, Bahamut, and eventually you win. Um, and then Dion uh, starts falling down um, to the planet. Because um, I don't want to say Earth, because we don't know if it's Earth. Yeah, I don't uh, remember. I don't remember <laughs> what. Uh, yeah, yeah. I know the continent is called Valstia, but um, I don't think that's um, you know what the planet's called. The planet's probably called Gaia, as most things are in this. But yeah, so, I would imagine it's Gaia, but I don't want to make that assumption and be be wrong and sound exactly. Dumb. So uh, Phoenix flies down, grabs Dion, you land. Um, you get in front of your mother, um, and then she goes on one of the best uh, villain monologues that I've heard in video games in a while, um, the, sort of yeah, explaining of, why she her motivation, and it all makes sense. Explaining her motivation, and at the same time, making you hate her even more. Yeah. It's like, all right, this isn't just some, you know, like, you can see why she, like all great villains, you can see why she did what she did. Um, even though it's evil, like, okay, I understand she wants ultimate power and be like, you know, what good are people when you can just leave them and just build another nation? Like, you know, why should we care about the people under us? It's all about the bloodline, you know, right? You and know, she wanted acknowledging someone... the bloodline, right? <laughs> and she wanted someone that was blessed with um, Bahamut and Phoenix, which. That's just getting greedy, let's be honest. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and we find out that that can't happen, and yep. that's why, and this is the moment when I found it out, but you could probably read the tea leaves better than I did, um, that basically Ultima was Olivier. Um, right, which I didn't, when I first saw the, the cut scene, I was yeah. like, wait a second, he just vanished, so he must not have been a real person, but at that point, I was I was a little confused by that, and I thought, well, maybe it's just maybe he was Ultima. That's, yeah, because that's the see, right. They they do the cut where Ultima walks out be, from behind the mother um, as Dion's waking up. Right. Um, and then he throws the uh, uh, the halberd right um at at uh, Olivier and it hits him and he disappears because he's not he's Ultima. You know, so that yeah. that form that he has isn't real, like in the sense that we would think is real. Um, and then, you know, at this point, I'm all excited. I'm like, all right, one left. 
you know, Theon's passed out. He's killed who he has to kill. Now let's go and kill who we have to kill. And then, and then, Mark was. This is where Mark was rubbing his hands together because he uh, knew it was coming. I got, I, in a mostly joking way. This is the most like angry I got at a video game. Um, when, <laughs> when, and probably when I thought backstory wise, it's probably correct. Um, that you know they kept. I, I was. I, I'll say this before we end because this is the last part of the spoilers. Um, my biggest fear here was they were going to save her and redeem her. And oh, I, I was going to be I, so angry. I, I'm i so happy that didn't happen because I would have been pissed. Yeah, I was so, I'm like, because the more and more it went, I'm like, they're not going to let us kill her. They're not going to let us kill her. Why didn't Jill kill her? Why, you know, I'm like, this is setting up for something. And I hope it's not a fucking redemption arc. Um, and then when she took her own life, I got mad because I wanted to do it. I'm like, if you're going to die, let me do it. Um... But, Mark, you have to remember, this is the coward's way out. Exactly. Which is what she is. Exactly. Like, when you think about it in a literary sense, in a writing sense, it makes her killing herself is more apropos to the situation than us getting revenge on her. Because, to be honest, short of um, setting up the circumstances to kill their father, she did, he, Clive has gotten everything he wanted back from her. You know, Joshua's alive. You know, he doesn't, I don't think, feel the need to kill her. He's mad at her because they have that really good scene together here. Mm. Um, but then that's, you know, after she kills, then, you know, uh, Clive takes uh, Theon's power, um, which is how you get the Bahamut thing that we were talking about earlier. Um, and then he gets a flashback, which I guess he gets the memories. I don't know if that happened with Benedictia or Hugo. Um, yeah, I, this is the first time you're getting, like, he can see the past i don't know it's yeah it's, it's weird how it worked because it didn't happen with any of the other characters exactly well no no maybe it did it did with benedicta because she he saw sid. her and sid sid saber i don't know if that yeah. with you though i don't remember i don't i don't remember it happening with hugo but it, there was a whole lot of other stuff happening yeah exactly time. so um you get the flashback and then you get the reason why bahamut went nuts um, you see that he confronted, he successfully, his dragoons got him all the way to the palace, um, standing in front and he does his great uh, speech to his father, you know, you've changed, you're different, what happened, blah, blah, blah. And all the advisors are sort of look like they're back in Dion, you know, like yeah. going, dude, yeah, he's completely right, dude. Like what's changed. And then he goes and throws the, the halberd at Olivier here. And the father steps in front of him. Like and then, an idiot. Like an idiot. And then you have the the reveal here, if you didn't already understand it, um, that Ultima was Olivier. And that sort of was probably brainwashing the mother as well as, as the father. Um, but I don't think she needed much brainwashing. It was one of those where he just told her what she wanted to hear and how to get it when he had ulterior motives. Yeah, and um, it, was in, it was interesting how, like, Olivier was this, like, seemed to be almost slow child that never yeah. spoke or anything. Yeah. And all of a sudden he just starts monologuing. Clearly yeah. it was a setup all, the whole yeah. time. Exactly. Um, so, you know, we find that out and then, you know, Quiet gets the power and then we cut back to, um, you know, uh, Joshua carries our, our gay King um, out and then it cuts to, 
Um, you wake up in the um, the, the uh, hideaway, and that is where we'll end this part of the spoiler discussion. But I did want to get into a couple things. Um, I know you wanted to talk about side quests, Tom, and I wanted to discuss, um, you know, uh, some of the side characters. So I'll let you go first. Yeah, so side quests, I, I have this sickness that uh, once you see a side quest popped up, I have to finish it. So I've done pretty much every side quest at this point. Um, anything that it was able that popped up with a green exclamation point, I have attempted to finish or have finished. Yeah. Um, now I have something I've ignored, which I probably shouldn't is the hunts. I haven't really done many. I've done a few, but not to the extent that you have, you've done almost all of them at this point, I believe. Um, but I will point out that there are specific side quests that you should do as soon as they pop up. Now that they will pop up differently than an, a normal side quest. They have a cross in the green circle that pops up as opposed to an exclamation point. These will grant you either uh, upgraded ability from your vendor or the ability to craft uh, a new weapon or basically it'll upgrade your vendor. And it is very, very helpful, especially on the harder difficulty because yeah. and you, for for one i'll i, I won't there's i i will anytime that there's something to do with blackthorn i'm doing it immediately yes because he's if he gets me an upgraded sword hell yes i'm gonna do that that uh that quest so anytime one of those pops up for him immediately i'm doing it um and there's other ones that uh, allow your potions to work better and just all all kinds of stuff, but they're super helpful. And there are so many side quests. I probably could have beaten this game three times be- if I hadn't done side quests, but I felt like doing them, so it's taken me forever. Yeah. Um. And I am I I am pretty sure that I am in the last like couple missions before the end, just because of what's happened. I won't yeah. I won't spoil what's happened because you're not quite as far as I am, but yeah. Uh, I'm definitely getting towards the end. Yeah, so if you've been watching um, the streams that we've done or even the archives um, on uh, YouTube, um, I've done every side quest as well, uh, more just to get a full playthrough experience for the internet. Um, Every hunt I did, I only had one hint from you um, because I had to, I was like, hey, I was like, I don't want a hint about where on the map. I was like, just look up where to warp into. Um, and I'll figure it out from there, which I ended up figuring. Um, so I've done all the hunts, all the side quests. They've been great. Um, my main thing I'm going to talk about here is, and before we get to our final thoughts, um, is I'm really enjoying a lot of the side characters. And um, I think they're doing a really good job uh, giving them a personality stuff um, to where I can sort of, you know, make comments and sort of, you know, uh, say stuff. Um, as though I was having the conversation with them sort of thing. Um, and it, it, it makes every one of them memorable. Um, I think I have my two favorites. Um, I just love the chaotic energy that Mid brought when she came in. <laughs> and I want to see more of it. Um, yes. She's not, she's not 100% um, like waifu, like Makoto from Persona 5 um, level yet. Um, but I'm just like, I just need to see this chaos more. 
this chaos is so interesting <laughs> um, in that um, she's a lot more chipper, and that's probably going to be she's probably hiding like emotional baggage um, from everything that's going on in her life behind that mask. But um, it was a completely different vibe when she popped in. Um, and then I love Gav, and <laughs> I am. I won't be disappointed because I could, being a writer myself, I could see how they could do this. But I've been like, every time he's come on screen and you've been on stream with me, I'm like, when is he going to double cross us? He very much looks like someone that's going to double cross us. If, uh, the fact, I'm going to, I'm also going to throw something else out there about Gab. Yeah. Well, the, but the fact that he hasn't left after he lost an eye, I think, yeah. I think, I think we're safe. I'm just like, um, it, it makes too much sense. Um, but but yeah. I get real um, vibes about him and Clive being more than friendly, if that makes sense. Oh, okay. Yeah. I can see that. Because uh, so, so far, um, Clive has been very asexual, um, as me and Vince have discussed on stream. Outside yeah. of a little bit of possibly kissing Jill, but that could just be more Jill than him. Um, but yeah, I could see that and I would it, welcome that. But you know what, you, you know what I'm talking about though, right? Like with yeah. the weird hugs and the, like, not yeah. that there's any, like, listen, we're all about that. Bring it on. Yeah. But it's yeah. just, it's just, it's just weird. It's not cause they don't, re they kind of hint at it, but they don't. So it's yeah. hard to figure out what the hell they're, they're do, trying to do with that. Yeah. They, they don't want to fully commit to it. Um, as they did with Dion, they're like, we gave you one. Um, <laughs> sort of thing. Yeah, but yeah, I could very much see Clyde being very bi. Um, for sure. But he also seems a man that's um very much um in the in the essence of of Ethan Hunt from the Mission Impossible series. That that his um his sexual gratification is saving the world, not <laughs> not from any of his leading ladies. I don't think you're that far off, honestly. <laughs> but um. Yeah, so so Gav is great. I'm just waiting for him to turn on us. Um, and I just need to see. I need. I want to see. And again, you know, I know you're a little further than me, so you can stay silent here if I'm on to something. I really just want to see the emotional breakdown scene from Mid because they, the way they make her personality, and as I said multiple times before, the chaotic energy she has, um, leads me to they can do a very emotional breakdown scene. Um, with her and I'm um, coming up to we're you know we're going to a certain location where I'm pretty sure she's at um so I think we might be getting to that soon but um that I just need to see more of her and I think they've done really good with the side characters I think it's it's Sharon but I just keep on her Karen on screen no it's Karen it's Karen okay yeah um and you know Blackthorn and Otto and um was it Molly and the other chef guy and the lore master and the boat guy, um, which I, I'm I only not saying their names because I, I, I'm going to butcher them. Yeah, I love um, our uncle, honestly. Yeah, Byron is great. Byron's um, great. Uh, Martha's great. Uh, Isabel's great. You know, the dame. Dame? Uh, I mean, how can you beat that? Yeah, it's every, every side character that's been positively connected to you is great. Um, and of course, they give you the best boy. Um, in Torgal, who apparently going back to your great 
myth or Norse mythology thing is, you know, apparently Fenrir, <laughs> the the ice wolf yep. from like uh, Norse I, mythology. They took, they took a lot of Norse mythology from this. Yeah. I guess you know why. Uh, now somebody, that I'm thinking, somebody about played it. God of War. Well, not only that, but your main antagonist is Odin. I didn't even yeah, think about so, this yeah. until now. That yeah. it could be why a lot of Norse stuff is thrown in here. Yeah, and I love that they've given everybody names. Like when you're doing your 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 first group you're with, you know, they all have mythical names. Like your wyvern, you, the, your leader is Tiamat. Um, I forget the other guy has a name too. I think he might be Balfour or something I, like that. I cannot believe there were no there's no bigs and wedge in this game. Couldn't so far, believe. they show up at the end. They're they're two guys that. That you throw away characters at the end. The end. Yeah, Biggs and Wedge. Well, I guess Wade and Tyler are supposed to be your Biggs and Wedge. I mean, um, that makes sense, but yeah. just call them Biggs and Wedge. Yeah, they should have been Biggs and Wedge. Um, but yeah, so that's where we're at. Um, game has been great so far. As much as I loved our uh, uh, four man road trip of Final Fantasy 15 more than others. Um, I think they've done a much better job with the side characters, the villains, and just about everything in this game. Um, it's one of the rare step-ups um, that I could say you could most objectively say was a step-up. You could have arguments between 10 and 12. Rather, 12 was a step-up. Um, and same with 12 and 13, um, just because they're, they're just vastly different games. Um, and But this is... This is I. Everybody has to miss is, is above fifteen. So, oh, to me, to me, yeah. I liked fifteen, and this blows fifteen out of the water. Yeah, it's, it's not it's, even it's, kind of close. It's it's the first time since you could arguably say ten, just because it had the voice acting to where you can see a considerable step above the one that came before it. Um, as much as nine is in my top five, um, but yeah, yeah, this is such a great game. Um, if you didn't care about spoilers and you listened through this and haven't bought it yet, go buy it and yes. play it. You will have fun even if you don't really care about the spoilers with the story here. But, um, yeah, so feel free. Uh, the stream um, is a little hectic. Um, I, I try to um, – honestly, I'm just trying to stream as much as possible with it. Um, so there will be a stream tonight of Final Fantasy XIV. Um, there will probably be one on Tuesday. 16. Um, not 14. I'm sorry, 16. <laughs> God, so that'd I would, be a totally different stream. Oh, I, I would love, from what I played at 14, I would, I would love it, but I can't pay $12 a month um, for a game that I don't know how consistently I'll play. I don't, I don't blame you in the slightest. <laughs> yeah. Not even um, but all the free demo stuff I played, I really love. But um, so 16, Final Fantasy 16, we playing it on Monday when this episode airs. We're way past what we talked about here. Um, so. Hopefully you are too if you're tuning in. Um, <laughs> and then on Tuesday um, we have. Uh, I'll probably be back on Tuesday because I think we're going to be recording our other podcast um, on Wednesday, um, and then I'll be back on Thursday and probably two of the three weekend days, um, if not all three, depending on what I'm doing over the weekend. Um, and hopefully, my hope is that I play enough of it to possibly be done by Monday. Um, you know, because Goodbye Volcano High comes out, um, and I would like to jump into that for stream. And also Oxenfree 2, um, as I want to get as much streaming in before Starfield comes out and I completely become dead to the world. Because um, I'm not streaming is, that game. No What way. day did Starfield come out? Like September or something. Yeah, yeah. I know yeah. we were 
we were talking like, oh, this this game will get me to Starfield. It is definitely not getting me to Starfield. I'm going to be done with this game. Um, realistically, this week probably. Yeah. If not, if yeah. not next week. Yeah. So like by the next podcast, I'm guessing that I'm going to be done. And uh, you know, so you know, at least I got the other two games that I will stream to bide me over um, until then. Um, but yeah. So thank you guys for listening. A regular episode will be back next week um, uh, with me, Tom, and Jen, um, where we'll just update you where we are on Friday. We're not going to talk much about it. Um, the only thing that we would ever mention um, is if something really cool happens mechanically that's not a spoiler. Um, we may bring that up, uh, but we're not going to say anything story-wise. Um, we're going to save it for our full spoiler cast, um, which will be from Bahamut to the ending. Um, Coming up in a month or so. Uh, so, uh, been looking for that. I am putting all the um, archives up on um, YouTube. I think we might be a little bit delayed. Um, there's supposed to be one coming up um, today, but I don't think I uploaded and edited it. Um, so, you'll get one on Tuesday, every other day, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. Uh, I'll get I'll get update on that. So, you can, if you've missed anything, you can go back and watch. I got the first seven parts up. Um, which is about gets you about 14 hours or so, 12 to 14 hours. So you have plenty of things to watch until I get that up. So please check it over there. Please subscribe um, to the YouTube channel. I'm going to try to put um, as much stuff as possible um, up and over there um, as I can. Um, but uh, for now, it's just mo- mainly Final Fantasy stuff. So, um, yeah, so that'll do it for us. Um, if you're looking to get any retro products, um, please use the link. Um, to go to um, Stone Age Gamer. Um, you know, we're an affiliate of them, so they'll help you out with any retro stuff that you do need. Um, and we will be back tomorrow, uh, or I'm sorry, tonight for the stream, next week for the podcast. Um, I hope you guys join us. Thank you, Tom, and uh, we will see you next time. Bye!